Time for our local hero spotlight with Phil Corman from CISA, the local hero folks. And it's not very frequent that I uh, have a local hero on who my family is so intimately ensconced with on so many levels. But that happens to be the case today with Lisa Fortin, who is the founder of Bloom Woolen Yarns in Ashfield. Our children are friends for long periods of time, and literally your child is with one of my children right now, but uh, we're not going to talk too much inside baseball, Lisa. Tell me about what Bloom Woolen Yarns in Ashfield is and does. Well, in a nutshell, I'm producing yarn. I'm a small yarn company. I'm making yarn from the wool from my own small flock of Shetland sheep, but also I wanted to make more yarn than my five little sheep can provide. So I have connected with other local farms, most of which are in Western Mass. And I've been able to purchase wool from them and make some really great yarn and other products out of it. There's a lot of great yarn stores and wool stores, but I'm never actually fully clear about where that wool's coming from. Is this a, a, a rarity in the area that you're getting local wool from local sheep and and locally dyeing it here? Or is this a bigger movement that I'm just not uh, aware of now that I've hung up my crocheting hook since my older kids came to the world? <laughs> um, yeah, I see it definitely as a movement. Mm-hmm. There are areas of the country where this is happening more, like in upstate New York or on the West Coast. Here in Western Mass, we do have some farms that are making small batches of their own yarn, but we don't have somebody, I don't believe, going into like the whole of the fiber shed, getting the farm yarns together and making a fiber shed yarn. That being said, I should mention that Western Mass Fiber Shed, the organization, they do make a fiber shed yarn. Um, They also make like woolen cloth. Um, But I'm doing it on a little bit more of a broad scale where I offer different types of yarn, different weights, different colors. Well, Lisa, I got to ask, like, all right, you're you're five or six years old. You're sitting in the kitchen where you're growing up. Is this exactly where you thought you'd be? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) I grew up in Chicopee in a very standard American household. We did not have any sort of farm animals. I ate a standard American diet, but... I ended up when I was like college age, I went to the city. I was a city girl for 17 years. Um, But that's where I really started learning more about good quality food and local farms. And I soon had a big desire to come back to Western Mass and to live more country life. Your kids, who I know very well, have totally adopted that as their own kind of lifestyle, which is fun to see. I have to say they have. We really haven't looked back on our city life. We do have friends that we miss and stay connected with, but especially my older daughters, they are amazing like sewists and they know how to quilt and they knit. And the little ones, I should say the little ones follow Sue as well. Yeah, Zinnia, I see you. Hi. Zinnia knows how to knit. She's got a handmade woolen skirt on right now that she just whipped out at 4-H Sewing Club. Amazing. Yeah, you're, you definitely have a little house on the prairie vibe in the best way. I hope so. The best way. Yeah. 
Not the bad ways. Not the bad ways. There are things to critique about Little House on the Prairie, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lucy, you, you have to share a little bit what you did for a number of years in, in, the, in New York City, because it's sort of relevant. It's sort of relevant. It's a little bit of a stretch. I did a lot of things in New York. I had a small jewelry business. I taught yoga for a bit. But really, for a good chunk of time, about 10 years, I was able to employ myself making chainmail costumes. Chainmail as in European armor. Not like a letter that says, if you don't forward this, you're going to die. Not that kind. No. Yeah. That's crazy. But it's a funny joke that I make every Monday <laughs> after my nine-year-old Pax has taken your chainmail class. <laughs> Only at homeschool co-op. <laughs> he hasn't made me a suit of armor yet, which I'm kind of angry about. Just like knitting, chainmail is slow going. There's some similarities. Really, you're just adding one little unit at a time. And you sit with your work on your lap and you're working with your hands. And it's can be quiet and meditative. Yeah. It's like heavy metal knitting. <laughs> it is. Phil, what? These are heavy. Yeah, heavy metal. That's a good name of a company now. <laughs> I did once knit some giant fairy wings out of metal. Wow, now I need to, yeah. I need to borrow those for the yeah. next food bank march. Coming up more with Lisa Fortin from Bloom Woolen Yarns in Ashfield. She mentioned the fiber shed. Is that a literal shed filled with fiber or something more? Find out coming up on our Local Hero Spotlight. Speaking with Phil Corman from CISA, the Local Hero folks, and Lisa Fortin, founder of Bloom Woolen Yarns based in Ashfield. You mentioned the fiber shed. What is the fiber shed locally? Mm -hmm. Well, fiber shed is a book that was written by Rebecca Burgess. She's in California. She coined the term fiber shed and she models that term uh, after what we would call like a watershed. She has allowed the use of that word. She hasn't tried to copyright it or anything like that. So it can be used freely. It can kind of be fiber shed with a lowercase f or fiber shed with a capital F. And so I think I mentioned the Western Mass fiber shed capital F, local organization. I don't know exactly how many years back they were formed, but they've done some really awesome work collecting wool from local farms. And one of the big projects that they first did <clears throat> was creating a local woolen fabric. So fabric on a bolt that can be cut and sewn. And if we're gonna start thinking about making clothing out of our fiber here in our local area, we won't be able to use just yarn. We also need cloth. And so they've done a good job of promoting wool in that way. And Lisa, you also have a CSA that you're starting for fiber. Can you talk about what that is? Yeah, again, I really want to model my business after like the local organic food movement. And so that people can start thinking about their clothing the way we think about our local organic food. I mean, people in Western Mass are well-versed in, in organic. I know so many people who, who are passionate about their local farms and supporting them and signing up for CSAs. You know, wool is pretty seasonal. It's generally shorn in the spring. And I have different types of yarns that I thought would be well-suited to a, a year-round CSA, where every other month you receive one pound of a different type of yarn. And so in the summer, you might get something thinner and lighter that you could make a 
light top out of. And in the winter, if you uh, when you get your CSA share for January, February, it's going to be my yarn that's called Hearth, which is a really hardy, woolly, hard-wearing, like perfect for New England winters uh, yarn. And so there's there's six different deliveries of a pound each. Can you also share about the whole process of making different colors of wool? Yeah, so I try to utilize the natural sheep colors, dyeing a skein of white wool with marigolds is going to produce a really bright yellow. But if you dye a skein of gray yarn with marigolds, it's going to create something much deeper tone. I use two kinds of dyes. I use uh, natural dyes, which are mostly plants, but also there are some insects that have been used for thousands of years to produce color. I I see you smiling, Monty. I know. What kind of bugs? What kind of bugs? So cochineal little beetles that are used to, they're basically dehydrated and they're crushed and um, they're used to make really bright, vibrant pinks and reds. And this has been a tradition for thousands of years. So I use the natural dyes. I grow a little bit on my own, but I do want to expand that this upcoming growing season. But I also use some acid dyes, which the dyes I'm using are organic acid dyes. I use vinegar as the acid and they're like a GOTS certified, no heavy metal dye. Not like your chain mail. Not like my chain mail. Yes. Excellent. And Bill Corman, I'm, I also hear tell that if uh, you are some sort of a friend or contributor of CISA, you may be uh, able to experience some of Lisa's products. Yeah, we're doing these holiday tote bags again this year. And to me, like knitting and yarns and wool are just such a tactile, beautiful thing. And what better could you be doing as you're stuck with family? <laughs> to keep your patience. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk to you. I'm too busy counting my yeah. knit pearl. But we're we're including a couple of Lisa's products in our holiday tote bags, and people can access that at our website whenever. And there's a lot of other items from farms to Western Mass. It's kind of a potpourri of beautiful landscaped edibles and mm-hmm. other items like Lisa's. Where else can we find your yarns besides in these wonderful CISA bags, Lisa? Um, well, they're for sale in Western Mass at Northampton Wools in downtown Northampton and at uh, uh, Atlas Farm in South Deerfield. And then Sorrel at Uppingill Farm always has a nice little basket of my yarn there in the farm store. And I wanted to add the the item that's in the tote bag is actually the wool sponges and yeah. dishcloths. And I love to talk about those because not all of the wool that I collect can be used for yarn. I'm working with farms that some of them raise lamb for food and that's a really important job and the wool that's shorn is just it's just not the softest quality for yarn but what we can do with this waste wool and i like to put that in air quotes waste wool because i really don't think it's waste uh, should be wasted but we can use it to make all kinds of other products like our sponges so you know those green and yellow synthetic sponges that get all and gross and i'm sure are made in china maybe we can ditch those and we can replace them with a wool sponge my sister has like an aversion to touching sponges so i'm interested in getting this maybe this is a a glide path for her to a kind of sponge (laughs) that she can touch so that might be a perfect christmas gift right there lisa and cisa lisa fortin founder of bloom woolen yarns based in ashfield and phil corman from cisa the local hero folks you can find out about all our local heroes at buylocalfood.org